Welcome to Military Network Radio, where we'll bring dynamic interviews and fresh information about topics affecting your quality of life at each stage of your military service. Join us each week for information of value that improves your outlook, actions, and encourages each member of the family. Serving the military, their families, and those who care about them. Everyone serves, and together we make a difference. And now, here's your host, Linda Crater. Greetings and welcome to Military Network Radio. We have a wonderful show for you today. And we're going to be talking about the issues surrounding women's veterans and the various programs that the VA now offers and the recognition that is being given to veterans who happen to be women. I have Tassambra Kimes joining me today. Good morning, Tassambra. Good morning, Linda. I'm excited for the show today. I am as well because, well, you're a veteran yourself. And I am. We have often talked about the issues that come with being one of the fastest growing subgroups of veterans. And it, it things have changed, but have they changed enough at this point? You know, it's, it's very slow, just as all things in big bureaucracies move slowly. Right. I think, though, in uh, active duty life, Talk a little bit about some of the things that you found to be uniquely different among the significant commonalities of all veterans, like duty, service, honor, and commitment. But what about saw as being a veteran after separation from service as a woman? Oh my goodness! Well, first, I'm I'm happy that you said you know we we are being recognized more you know as the the subgroup of veterans, and we're growing. Our representation is expected to grow. Would you say roughly nine and a half percent today to ten and a half percent in 2020? And I think that you know those are those are good numbers. Uh, for me personally, it was hard because when I when I got out of the army, I was my husband was still active duty mm-hmm. and it was very challenging because I couldn't, I didn't have time to do VA stuff because I was so focused on taking care of him and making sure, you know, he's at his appointments because, you know, he, you know, I'm, I was his caregiver. So taking on that role was, was a challenging, I didn't have time to really focus on myself. And really it wasn't until I actually, well, my husband retired a couple of years ago that I was like, you know what, we're doing your VA stuff. It might as well be time that I do take care of my VA stuff too. So, you know, I, I finally was able to go in and, and, and do that. But, you know, my duty and my service didn't stop. Um, to me, it just, you know, it changed roles. And I was, I was a spouse and still a veteran, but that, that took a back burner. Um, and even, I want to say even more so now, but I have a lot of friends who are veterans, women veterans, and, um, and they, they may have a little different experience than I, and I'm just, I'm thankful that, you know, we have the women veteran programs and there, there is a lot more focus for women vets. Agreed immensely. And we will get into some of the other issues that you and I have spoken about that you experienced personally that I hear about as well. Uh, But I want to introduce our guest today, who is someone I admire greatly. We are talking today with Kayla Williams, who is the VA Center for Women Veterans Director. And Kayla has spoken before on our radio show. She's written two amazing books about her experience in service. She was an Arabic linguist. 
And her first book was I Love My Rifle More Than You. Something that I I know. Awesome title. Isn't that an awesome (laughs) title? And then she later wrote another book that centers on both she and her husband after separation and the adjustment. And it was called Plenty of Time When We Get Home. And Kayla today in her new role is so well suited to be talking about women's programs at the VA. And Kayla, I would just love to introduce you now. Welcome to Military Network Radio. Thank you so much for having me. It's a great honor to be here. Well, it's our honor, actually, because I think that the VA offers a lot of programs, but so many times people don't know about them. And so one of the big goals that we use here is outreach to try and make sure that we reach into the community because There are websites, but if you build it, people don't necessarily come. And we also find that the military audience really wants things that are portable and easy and 24-7 so they can grab them when they want to. So this is a wonderful venue for you to be able to share a number of the initiatives that you are leading. But maybe we'll start with what is your overview as you took on this role And what were you facing as priorities in the field of women veterans issues? So the office that I now run, the Center for Women Veterans, was actually created by law in 1994. And we have a number of congressionally mandated functions that include advising both internally and externally on policies, programs, and laws related to women veterans, disseminating information and doing outreach. So thank you for having me on your program once again. This is one way that I can <laughs> You're very welcome. Do, do that role. And supporting the Independent VA Advisory Committee on Women Veterans. So... For me, uh, after spending eight and a half years at the RAND Corporation doing research and analysis before coming into this position, one of my top priorities was to sit down and do some analysis and say, where do we have challenges? Because uh, I want to use my, my time and energy as effectively as possible. So the first thing I did was sit down and, and see how VA was doing in terms of serving women veterans on a number of different fronts. And I was really excited to find that... VA was doing well, very well in some areas. So, for example, women are taking advantage of their um, VBA benefits at roughly similar rates to our male counterparts. So we are uh, you, we're applying for disability compensation, for example, uh, for service-connected injuries or disabilities at equivalent rates to men who have served. We are about equally likely or more likely to use our GI Bill benefits, and when we do use our GI Bill, we're more likely to graduate. We're using our home loan guarantees at equivalent rates. In fact, uh, last year, about 66,000 women were granted uh, VA-backed home loans totaling $16 billion. So just a tremendous way that we can help ensure the financial stability of uh, our population. And all of those resonated with me. I used my GI Bill. I've used my my, uh, VA-backed home loan. Uh, I am service-connected. So seeing that, that, by and large, a lot of other women veterans are aware of those benefits was really reassuring. And I want to continue to help raise awareness about those benefits, especially among an older generation of women who maybe were less likely to self-identify as veterans who thought, oh, if I didn't go to war, I'm not a a veteran, and help correct those misconceptions and say, come on in, find out what you may be eligible for. 
We do have a few more concerns on the, the health side. Uh, women are less likely to be using their VHA health care. And I myself didn't use VA health care for a number of years before coming back. Yeah. And so I'm trying to get out there and really raise awareness that VA, although many of us, like myself when I first left the military, may have an image of veterans' hospitals as being for for men, that that's just not true today. And we are uh, serving lots of women. Over half a million women come to VA for care now. And when women do come in, we provide higher quality care. So if you come to VA for your health care, you're more likely to get a breast cancer screening and a cervical cancer screening on time than if you use another sector of care, if you use private insurance or Medicare, Medicaid. You know, it's so very important. And I think that hearing the number of women increasing, that's fantastic Mm -hmm. because there are some areas where women have had greater gaps, And one Mm -hmm. of the ones that receives a lot of news uh, is the homeless factor. Can you speak about that? The women are more likely than non-veteran women to experience homelessness. And some of this is due to having children and certain shelters are full or will not take children of certain age. But talk about that a little bit. Why is that higher? And what what is VA doing to address that? Yeah, thanks a lot for bringing that up. It is, it is a, a definite concern that we have, and we're focusing a lot of programs to try to assist. And we know that for women veterans, risk factors that make them more likely to experience housing instability, uh, to become homeless or be at risk of homelessness, risk factors include having experienced sexual assault while in the military, being unemployed or disabled, having poor health or certain mental health conditions. Mm-hmm. So um, with the awareness that, as you mentioned, some of the more traditional homeless shelters that we may think of that use the uh, grant and per diem program, we're really focused right. on serving single men, and that's not necessarily the population that is in need today. Women are more likely to be the primary caregivers of small children and be in need of programs that can support their whole families. Um, the services available for uh, for families and for women uh, have really expanded. So now there's the HUD-VASH program, which are, are vouchers, and SSBF, which is Supportive Services for Veterans and Families. And so we really have ramped up the uh, capacity to provide support for women veterans. And uh, overall, with a shift to what's called a housing first model where the focus is really on getting somebody housed first, we Mm -hmm. have cut the number of homeless veterans nearly in half over the past six years. So it's uh, it's really important that we help raise that awareness that there are programs out there that can assist. And if anybody's in need, every VA medical center has a homeless coordinator. Every regional office does as well. So reach out and, and look for help, and we will be able to find some way to assist you. Perfect. We have just a minute before we go on break, so I think it's a perfect time. Will you please give out the URL that people can go to, the link, to find out more about the programs that your office offers? Because the VA website is massive, and you can get lost. <laughs> right. So where do we find out more information? Along sure. as we listen. Well, first, I'll mention really quickly um, related to the homelessness issue. Anybody who's experiencing housing in, uh, instability can contact our call center for homeless veterans. That's eight seven seven four 
aid vet and it's manned 24 7 and then folks who are interested in getting access to more resources or information specifically related to women veterans i'd love for you to check out our website which is va.gov slash women vet and we have pages on our site dedicated to news events research resources and so much more there we go perfectly timed you're listening to military network radio and we will be back after some short messages stay with us we're military network radio and we'll be right back after these short messages Hey there, it's Christine Gallagher from She's Got Clients.com. I'm really excited to share with you the first annual Get Clients Online giveaway. I have gathered a spectacular group of contributors who are providing you with amazing gifts that will help you get cash flow in clients in less time online. So I've teamed up with more than 50 other business industry leaders to bring you templates, checklists, and other valuable goodies to grow and scale a sustainable business that brings you more income with less effort. So all you need to do is head over to getclientsonlinegiveaway.com, put your name and email address in, and you'll get instant access to more than 50 free business building tools, templates, products, and services, including Facebook funnel templates, LinkedIn cheat sheets, sales scripts, and so much more. That's getclientsonlinegiveaway.com. Head over there and enjoy your free gifts. think that kissing is a universal sign of affection but there are certain groups of people on earth who just don't do it i think they don't know what they're missing humans have been kissing for a long time as kisses were portrayed in egyptian art in 1500 bc the romans are credited with perfecting romantic kiss as we know it today what's another word for kissing oscillation your lips are a hundred times more sensitive than the tips of your fingers and the kiss quickens your pulse to 100 beats a minute one kiss actually burns up to three calories now there's a workout i could handle studies say a woman will kiss about 79 guys before getting married and the average person spends two weeks of their life kissing what's the word for the art of kissing phylometology it's Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to Military Network Radio, serving the military, their families, and those who care about them. Together, we make a difference. Welcome back to Military Network Radio. Before we start again talking with Kayla, I would love to talk to you about sponsor we have. We'd like to introduce you to a wonderful company revolutionizing the way women color their hair. This is Madison Reed, whose founder Amy Arrett named after her daughter. For decades, you've had two choices as women to color your hair, outdated at-home hair color or the time and expense of a salon. And Amy believes that women deserve better than the status quo. This is a very unusual company. It is a, they have colorists on staff they color matched my hair for a perfect recommended shade using this online system or you can send them a photograph even better you're not alone reading a box and can download their app for voice controlled how-to videos with an automatic timer it's goof proof it's the ultimate hair color choice beautiful color matched multi-dimensional hair color 
made in Italy and delivered to your door on your schedule for under $25. You gain the quality of salon color, the convenience and affordability of at-home hair color, and an ammonia-free formula with ingredients you can feel good about. And your scalp will thank you as well. Join the hundreds of thousands of women who've tried and loved Madison Reed. Amy Arrett and Madison Reed would like to honor our listeners with 10% off plus free shipping and handling on your first color kit by using promo code WISEHEALTH at checkout. That's madison-reed.com, promo code WISEHEALTH. I love my Madison Reed hair color, and you will too. And now we'll continue our conversation with Kayla Williams. Kayla, one of the things we were talking about before the break for women, and I think that risk factors for many veterans include mental health conditions. In the situation of women, however, they are so often taking care of others, whether it's children, spouses, parents, that they often neglect their own mental health conditions, thinking they'll get to it later. But there are some protective factors that work. But let's talk about obtaining accessible mental health care when there are lists and long wait lists and you know requirements that sometimes seem daunting to a woman veteran who's trying to manage so many other things. Can you speak to that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when your co-host was talking at the beginning about, um, you know, always putting her spouse first, uh, even while wrestling with her own transition, you know, that really resonated with me. I went through the exact same thing. Uh, my my husband had been seriously wounded in the war, and so I was so focused on trying to take care of him and make sure that he was okay that it took a long time before I said, wait, am I okay? <laughs> what is there for me? And um, I have I have gone to VA and gotten help, and it has made a tremendous difference in my life. And I really would encourage other women veterans who um, are struggling but aren't sure exactly what to do to reach out and ask for help. We have so many different forms of assistance that can be useful, um, ranging from vet centers, which are kind of an unsung uh, heroic resource within VA. Oh. And right. one thing a lot of folks don't know about vet centers, so many people know that vet centers are um, mostly staffed by other veterans. So although they're trained professionals, they're, they're also peers. They know what folks have been through. And of vet center employees, 25% are women combat vets. So Didn't know that. Who, and right? the vet centers are also number. confidential, which yes. really makes people comfortable well, that alone is enough to, to motivate, I think, anyone to kind of go out because, you know, that whole sharing and, and I know even for my husband, it's, it's, it's difficult to go in and you're like, oh, you know, if I experienced military sexual, you know, assault, I don't really want to talk about that to anybody, right. but let alone sharing that with someone who's a peer and then trusting and knowing that it's, it's confidential, that that's really right. enough to motivate everyone to get out. And, and we often have hours that are outside of normal business right. hours as well, so a really terrific resource. And then at VA medical centers, uh, VA has residential programs that target rehabilitation, recovery, health maintenance, improved quality of life, community reintegration, um, and inpatient programs for acute care needs, including psychiatric emergencies and stabilization or medication adjustment. And we also have outpatient programs 
um, including individual and group psychotherapy, and, um, and a number of evidence-based forms of treatment, especially for post-traumatic stress disorder. Uh, and we also have some new resources available online where you can compare what the different types of treatment are and help figure out what may be a good fit for you, uh, whether it's you know prolonged exposure therapy or cognitive processing therapy. So, you know, I really encourage veterans to do some reading, look online, and uh, go in informed and be able to have a a conversation with their provider about, you know, what they think may be best for them. And uh, also, one thing I've been, I've personally taken advantage of, we have some apps that can provide supportive um, uh, services when you're not actively at your appointments. So I've used um, a mindfulness app that PTS, that, um, mm-hmm. that sorry, VA created to help if I'm feeling really stressed that it can kind of talk me through some mindfulness exercises and, and that can help me stay calm and focused in the moment. And we're also really trying to ramp up the availability and accessibility of telehealth for veterans who have transportation challenges or are more rural. You know, Kayla, I hear a lot from women vets who happen to also be caregivers that at times, and I'm I'm sure this is being addressed, so I'd like you to address it, is when they need uh, inpatient care, that the facilities are slowly changing over to have female-only floors, especially for those who have suffered from MST as part of their mental health problems, And, and yet all there yet. And so can you speak to the uh, goal of VA as they try and do this? Because in some cases, uh, women vets have been put on the uh, geriatric floor, for example, to segregate them away from male veterans that cause them further distress. And, and I realize these are more isolated cases, but they happen more often than you think. And even avoiding this for a handful of women veterans would be really reassuring to many. Right. And, you know, all VHA, VA healthcare facilities are required to ensure that outpatient and residential programs both have environments that can accommodate and support women with safety, privacy, dignity, and respect. Inpatient and residential care facilities must provide separate and secured sleeping and bathroom arrangements, including but not limited to door locks and proximity to staff for women veterans. And they're really strongly encouraged to give veterans the option of consultation from a same-sex provider and the option of a consultation uh, or treatment from um, uh, opposite-sex provider. Really, it should be patient choice for the gender of their provider. Uh, And... it's true not all facilities are fully optimized to provide um, inpatient care by cohort for women mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and really, again, advocate for yourself whenever possible. And right. sometimes we do, we have uh, locations that have women come in from other regions so right. that they can get that optimal care. And uh, that's something to really just talk to your provider about and, and say, hey, you know, this is something that's so important to me that 
uh, I, we need to find a location that can that can provide this if if necessary. I've uh, since I've come on in this position, gotten to go and tour a number of different VA facilities, and I've seen some that have separate wings for women. Uh, there are some that may stagger by timing. So there are a number of different methods being utilized, and I, I sincerely hope that anybody who needs it will, will just work carefully with their provider to be sure that their individual needs are being met. You just said a mouthful in terms of the communication, and I think that knowing that being able to speak and to ask, ask for what you need um, and insist on what you need when it's necessary, that accommodations are generally made uh, because certainly the VA does not want to exacerbate any of the issues that are there only to help. And so you're talking about good communication between the care team and the veteran, which is right. supposed to be across the board what everyone should be doing. So thank Absolutely. you for addressing that because I think it's very important. So there are some protective factors that help uh, women veterans. What are they? Well, we, we know that staying in touch with uh, military peers can be really beneficial for women mm-hmm. veterans. And uh, I've, I've experienced that myself. I'm in a woman veteran-only book club and spending time with other women veterans who really understand what I experienced in terms of being a minority in a predominantly male environment and having to wrestle with things like sexual harassment in a combat zone. You know, talking to those folks who really truly get it has been so helpful to me. And that's one of the things that I'm, uh, I'm very supportive of. Of, and we have a couple of partnerships that can help uh, women veterans when they are uh, on the job hunt. So Lean In Women Veterans is one of our partners. It has peer-to-peer online mentoring so women can connect with other women veterans and, and share whatever they need to. And also Academy Women's e-mentor program provides kind of a more traditional mentor-protege relationship, uh, but again, supported by online materials. So we can try to enhance and encourage those relationships that can be so beneficial as we transition and then move into long-term career success. Kayla, is there like a, a one spot for a, a woman veteran to find these groups? Like, Go to our website, which is va.gov slash womenvet, and we have a resources okay. page with links to these two organizations as well as others that may be of interest. Awesome. That's the important thing, is knowing where to find things. I'm so right. grateful sharing these things today because it's super important to know how to find them because if you google something you're going to be overwhelmed so that's va.gov forward slash women vets (laughs) but it's true isn't it yeah absolutely yes i mean the the overwhelm is crazy you know just find your own answer among the six million five hundred thirty eight thousand answers that's perfect so we are going to be talking further with kayla williams we're going to go on our second break and we're going to focus after the break on some of the comprehensive services being offered we are so glad you're listening to us we'll be back after some short messages stay tuned we 
Military Network Radio, and we'll be right back after these short messages. Have you heard? The pages of American Patchwork and Quilting magazine come to life on our new weekly online radio show, American Patchwork and Quilting. Join Pat Sloan, our blogging and quilt designer host, as she talks about the latest trends, ideas, and inspirations. Her guests include quilt pattern designers, authors, quilt shop owners, and our editors. All quilters, just like you. Call in with your questions. Get quilting tips from industry experts. Learn about free patterns. Hear behind-the-scenes stories from our magazines, American Patchwork and Quilting, Quilt Sampler, and Quilts and More. Get the scoop on free stuff and find out more about the best independent quilt shops in North America. To listen to a live show, tune in Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern. Just log on to allpeoplequilt.com slash radio. To hear past shows, go to iTunes and search for American Patchwork and Quilting Radio. We hope you'll join us because we know that quilting changes everything. found yourself on an airplane seated next to a non-stop talker that you really don't have anything at all in common with? When I fly, I usually want to catch up on my reading and not have to listen to an explatterator. It's even worse if they're a philodox. That's a person who just loves their own opinion. Well, now a Facebook app lets you choose your own seatmate before you fly. According to an article in USA Today, social media startups are bringing together compatible flyers before they take their seats. That's good news for people lovers, otherwise known as philodemics. A number of apps such as Plainly and Satisfy are helping travelers meet not only online, but in person. Think the Match.com of travel. I love flying and have been to almost as many places as my luggage. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to Military Network Radio, serving the military, their families, and those who care about them. Together, we make a difference. Welcome back to Military Network Radio. We're continuing our discussion with Kayla Williams, who is director of the VA Women's Center, or the Center for Women Veterans. Pardon me, my tongue got tied up. Um, I want to talk now about what you both, as veterans, perceive as the culture change over the last decade. You know, we've been at war for a long time now, and women are taking on greater roles, um, new roles. Uh, Both of you have served. Talk about some of the culture changes and shifts that have taken place and some that you wish would change further. Do you want to go first? Or or do you want me to? Uh, Kayla, you're our guest. You go first, please. Okay. So when I first got back from Iraq, um, I felt so invisible and unrecognized as a woman. I came home in 2004, and generally people assumed that I was not the veteran, that if a group of us went out that I was um, that I was a, a spouse or a girlfriend, not a veteran myself. And if I said, no, 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 I, I, I just got back from Iraq, people asked me questions that seemed so bizarre to me. People, I, had, I actually had people say, were you allowed to carry a gun since you're just a girl? Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Um, yes, I'm a soldier. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was Why, in yes, I did. Zone. I wrote a book about it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, yeah, that's one of the things that drove that I wanted to help, you know, raise awareness and, and drive that change. Uh, and 
So it's something that I'm very passionate about here within VA. When I've gone into VA as a patient, there have been times when the parking lot attendant would ask if I needed to, to be directed to where employees park. When I've checked into my appointments, I've been asked if I'm there with my husband uh, to check him in. Not, uh, you know, the assumption isn't always that I'm a vet myself. So I am thrilled to see how much change has already happened and very excited to support other initiatives to try to drive that change within VA. There's been uh, the I'm One campaign that Women's Health Services has done here in VA with these great poster backdrops. And women can take selfies with them and post them on social media, and there are a number that have um, photos of, of women vets, and, and they're, they're up in VA medical centers to help raise that awareness and change that mindset. One that I spearheaded since coming on board that I'm super excited about is the Women Veterans Art Exhibit. So I partnered with a nonprofit partner called the Veteran Artist Program. We did a call for submissions that resulted in uh, around 400 submissions from women vets around the country, and they selected 10 winners and created storyboards that feature an image of the art, photos of the woman in and out of uniform, and a brief bio of these 10 different women. And we made 10 copies of these awesome storyboards and sent them to 10 VA medical centers around the country where they were up for the entire month of March. And now it's traveling on to other locations, about three VAs each month. We've also had pieces up in Starbucks. We've had pieces up um, in the lobby of Bandstand, which is the first sixth certified Broadway musical. We've had uh, the pieces up at a PGA event in their Patriots Outpost where they uh, honor service members and military families and veterans. And so the point of this was really multifold. Partly it was to raise awareness among VA staff and male patients about the service and sacrifice of women veterans, the fact that women do serve, that we are vets, that we are diverse, and that we're strong and resilient and creative and have all of these amazing um, characteristics that they may not be thinking of. And it's also to raise awareness among the general public. The website that features these women uh, also has quick little videos. You can watch them talking about their service and sacrifice, as well as uh, featuring 10 honorable mentions that are only online. And it also existed to, when featured up in a VA, help women when they enter see themselves featured there on the walls and allow them to feel more recognized and have their experiences reflected back to them so that they feel welcome and accepted and recognized within VA. So I'm that super excited so about important. it. And Check out our website, va.gov slash womenvet, and click on the page about the art exhibit, and you can see where it's going next and when it might be in your area. That's so positive and, and so affirming, mm -hmm. um, adding the recognition, you know, kudos for that. I, I have a question about changing the culture inside, because while all of those steps are good, how has it been shifting Long-time staff, employees, etc. Because even over regular um, overall populations of veterans from each era, there there's not a lot of turnover in some cases, and so there are some pretty set culture norms. So, 
are there are there discussions, trainings, uh, town halls, things like that that work maybe with the new veterans experience team, or something that really talks about the high value of women veterans among the general veteran population to help shift that a little bit faster? Yes, all of those things. There are trainings available, and uh, you know, women veterans have been mentioned extensively by senior leaders when they're talking, and the importance of of recognizing and understanding that we are one of the fastest growing segments of the veteran population, and the VA must serve us as an important constituency. One thing that has been, uh, I will be honest, a a huge source of frustration to many women veterans uh, is is actually on the front of the building I work in and many other VAs, which is our (laughs) motto, Um, the VA motto, which is is from, um, you know, a very famous speech by Abraham Lincoln, is that we exist to serve he who shall have borne the ba- sorry to care for him who shall have borne the battle and his widow and his orphan, and uh, we you know we are not on the cusp of chiseling it off of the building you know in terms of where to, to spend dollars it's going to be on care not on uh, you know chiseling brass letters off the building but I've been thrilled to Good see the, okay. the last secretary and the current secretary both you know, in their presentations use uh, the new language extensively and in their slides to say, you know, reflect, yes, this is what Lincoln said. We honor and stand by that quote. Today we say to care for those who shall have borne the battle and for their families and survivors because this isn't just about women veterans. It is also about families and survivors. It's not only widows and orphans who are left behind. Uh, right. Caregivers can take many different forms. We have, uh, we have parents caring for severely wounded veterans, siblings. Uh, so many different types of families are, uh, are affected in the aftermath of, of the wounds of war or, or those who are killed in action. So bringing the VA into the modern era uh, and, and reflecting the uh, diversity of those that we serve is really tremendously important. And I've been thrilled to see that emphasis and focus at the very top of the department. That's phenomenal. And, and I'm, I'm glad to hear that the, the language is changing to be more inclusive. That's important. I, I think one thing that is, is very interesting, and, and talk to this if you would, do you feel that women veterans are applying for benefits and are knowledgeable about all of the benefits that they have earned? I think that women transitioning out of the military yes. today are as knowledgeable as their male counterparts. The new um, TAP program is, is pretty comprehensive, and mm-hmm. uh, they they leave the military with with an equivalent amount of information as as men. Now, having been through the <laughs> TAP, you know, I do understand you don't, <laughs> don't uh, yeah, mean everything. You don't have to open that Pandora's box. Uh, but, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but that you know, I do think mo- today's vets. I'm. I'm reasonably comfortable that we are getting the message to them. I am a little more concerned about those who served in prior eras. And so the extent to which we can reach out to our sisters who served during the Cold War, um, Vietnam, and and before, these are the women that I really want to make sure they know that we're here for them. And one area that I think we are um, 
dramatically underutilizing VA is one nobody likes to talk about it, but it's the only truly inevitable thing in life, uh, are cemetery benefits. So women veterans are not taking advantage of the uh, eligibility for burial in the 134 VA national cemeteries in 40 states uh, as much as our male counterparts. And so really want women to know that this is a benefit that they may be eligible for. There's a new pre-need program, so you can find out now if you are eligible. And those of us in dual veteran couples, we can choose separate or shared gravesites with our partner. And I think that... um, if I can dish, since it's it's just us girls on the yeah. call, you know, we live longer than men. And so one thing that I worry about is that women vets who are married to civilians may not know that their civilian spouse could be eligible for burial as they're, you know, kind of dependent. And if they have their spouse buried in a civilian cemetery, then they may want to be buried with their spouse. So want to make sure that we raise that awareness. This is a benefit that we women have earned through their honorable service. So go to the VA website, find out more about it, and and have that, um, you know, when your family is going to be in a really difficult time, having this taken care of can be so helpful. True. Do you think that uh, overall women, I mean, there is an issue out in the communities that often uh, guard don't self-identify as veterans, even if they have served and qualify. Do you feel that the women are self-identifying at the same rates, uh, or is there a reticence? And is that perhaps why some of these, you know, lesser-known opportunities are are not known? I um, to me, it really seems to be mostly um, generational. Although I, okay. I do still hear from some women who say they don't want to self-identify when they're, say, on the job hunt because they get so tired of answering um, questions that they find frustrating or um, they get tired of the stereotypes that may exist and sometimes they feel it's easier to just not bring it up than to talk about it. And so efforts to, you know, really raise awareness about the strength and resilience of women is are so important. Uh, you know, we're, we are more likely to have college than male veterans. We volunteer at high rates. We're more likely to work in management and professional occupations. We come home to our communities with such tremendous um, strengths and assets and leadership skills. So really want to help everyone know and understand uh, we're not victims. We're survivors. We have so much to offer. And hopefully as that, that shift happens, more women will be willing to uh, to stand up and, and say, absolutely, I'm a veteran. I served. Perfect. We have to go on another break, but we'll be back with Kayla Williams right after these messages. We're Military Network Radio, and we'll be right back after these short messages. Congratulations on being the proud owner of an adorable, soft, cuddly, sweet-smelling, smiling, cooing, hungry, tired, gassy, screaming little bundle of joy. So now what? Where's the owner's manual for this thing? Where are my instructions? Right here. It's baby and toddler instructions with Blythe Lipman on toginet.com. 
Infant care specialist Blythe Lipman has worked with babies for over 20 years and works extensively with new parents providing workshops, in-home visits, tips, and daily phone calls to ease those frazzled nerves. With baby and toddler instructions, you can get the advice you need on how to survive and enjoy your baby's first year. For more information on Blythe and how she can help you, go to babyinstructions.com. From 32 ways to stop a baby from crying to 14 ways to get a baby to eat and so much more, it's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lipman on toginet.com. was salvaged from the linguistic scrap heap by the Romans. It has remained in use in the Roman alphabet ever since, and now accounts for 2.5% of any page of written English. So today, I thought I would give you some fantastic words that start with the letter F. False eloquence is an 18th century word for lying. Fanfarinade is a 17th century word for an arrogant boaster. While a flapdoodler is a 19th century slang word for a person who talks nonsense and rubbish. A Philly Lou is a noisy uproar. And my favorite F word ever, floxy noxy knee hilly pillyfication, which means worthless trivia. For more letter of the day words, download my free app at twofunnyforwords.com. It's Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to Military Network Radio, serving the military, their families, and those who care about them. Together, we make a difference. Welcome back to Military Network Radio. Okay, on the break, we were talking about two issues that begin with I, and we've got only a short amount of time, but let's start to get those in. The first of these is uh, intimate partner violence, which among our wounded warrior population has been studied recently and is a problem, uh, mainly because it's a cultural difference. When you've got a wounded warrior population and a caregiver, you've got a dependency, you've got a vulnerability, which goes against the independent warrior culture. And uh, April Gerlach did a wonderful study that talked about the higher prevalence of IPV, intimate partner violence, among caregivers and wounded warriors. And VA has new programs that are available for help. And I, I want people to know about this because anecdotally, the rate goes as high as 70%. So Kayla, can you just mention about the IPV coordinators? Yes, so VA is in the process of implementing um, domestic violence coordinators or IPV coordinators at VA facilities. They can help with services you may need related to IPV or other kinds of care, including help with safety planning, mental health counseling, safe housing, or shelter. So just mm-hmm. contact, contact your local VA and ask if they have a domestic violence or IPV coordinator or ask to talk to the Women Veteran Program Manager, and they can help link you with whatever resources you may need. Perfect, because obviously it's a scary time, and there are issues that do uh, exacerbate this condition. So thank you for talking about that. Right. The other And, and of course, I just want to mention very briefly, in in an absolute crisis, call 911. Amen, always, and and keep yourself and your children safe, always. I also wanted to mention the other I, and Tassambra mentioned this one on break, and that is the new shift in infertility services. 
Absolutely. So VA has um, gotten the authority to provide IVF or in vitro fertilization to veterans with service-connected disability that results in the inability to procreate without the use of fertility treatment. So that is still fairly narrow in terms of who is eligible for IVF. But I do want to also mention that VA does provide evaluation, management, and treatment of infertility uh, in other ways as well. So other methods such as IUI, which is intrauterine insemination, um, and, and medication for ovulation induction and, and some other types of care are also available. And of course, also counseling and testing and trying to um, uncover the, the source or cause of infertility. So reach out and talk to your healthcare provider to discuss eligibility and initial steps. And then we can help determine what would be optimal and get, get veterans linked up with the best care. You know, I have to believe that adding this focus on women and the, the holistic view of our veteran population is improving the culture at VA just by osmosis, by association. Because when you start introducing family planning and evaluation management and treatment mm -hmm. for infertility, uh, you're now offering 14 days of newborn care. I mean, these are relatively new things for the VA, but I would think tend to shift the culture a little quicker. Yes, I, I totally agree. Um, right now we, we provide seven days of newborn care and uh, would be supportive of efforts to um, change, expand that to 14 days. And I'll mention, you know, there are some really innovative programs about uh, topics that can be uncomfortable for folks to discuss but that are incredibly mm -hmm. meaningful. There was a, a pilot program that was started in the Portland VA and I think is now also being offered in the Orlando VA called TAPS for Babies, and it's a program that provides wraparound care and services to veterans who have had a pregnancy or infant loss. And that's something you're just not going to get from private insurance, but, Aww. you know, one in four women experiences a pregnancy or infant loss, and it can be truly, truly uh, life-altering. And for us to be able to say, what do you need? from a chaplain, what might you need from mental health, what other mm -hmm. forms of care and support do you need in this challenging time, that's something that we can do for our veterans in a time of their deepest need. And that's wonderful. Um, I also know that they're putting a greater emphasis on sex and intimacy as well, because after experiences in combat and elsewhere and afterward, that very vital part of life. And so, as it you is. say, some of these things are harder to talk about, but they are really part of the vibrancy of life. Would you like Absolutely. to add to that? No, I just, I, I completely agree. And it's something that, that com, coming to VA, that we provide care for the whole veteran in a way that may not happen in other places, right? So we have uh, art therapy. We may have uh, other adaptive, we have adaptive sports programs. I've seen mm -hmm. at the summer sports clinic a female veteran who is a double amputee on a surfboard surfing. Oh, my goodness. Just incredible. And so when you see, you know, the efforts that we have to make sure that the whole veteran is able to experience um, a higher quality of life, whether it's, uh, as you mentioned, uh, making sure that your, your sex life is, is improved no matter what you've experienced, 
that you may be able to experience art, sports. We can help you with voc rehab uh, and employment. We can help with your education benefits. Uh, it's really, I am so proud every day to come to VA mm. and, and serve our nation's veterans and continue to serve our country in a new way. I've benefited from VA programs and care. My husband has as well and doing everything I can every day to ensure that we continue to improve, that we're transforming, that we're modernizing, that we are able to uh, improve timeliness of, of services, that we are focused on getting to zero for suicide prevention, mm-hmm. uh, focused on improving choice for veterans. Um, you know, it's just it's something that I'm incredibly proud of, and I'm so glad that you let me come on and talk a little bit about the ways that we're doing these things. Yeah. It, it's our pleasure because one of the things you just mentioned resonates with everyone. Those who have served want to continue to serve. And so when you can share and have a role in promoting change that is very, very positive, that only improves quality of life for our veteran families. It also helps to bridge out to the civilian community. And I think that's really valuable because whether or not someone supports a war, they support our veterans. And having greater recognition of our women veterans is very important. Ty, you had a question. I did. And Kayla, thank you, because I'm learning so much. And I'm so thankful that, you know, there's... Women veterans can now feel valued mm-hmm. <laughs> a little bit more than we have in the past. And, you know, the question, all the programs and everything that you had mentioned, do you have to have any percentage of disability to benefit for, to utilize some of these programs? Or is it open to all women vets? You know, is there more specifics based off of the program you can, you know, mm-hmm. online where you can find that information? You know, how... As a woman veteran, where do, where do I start? Do I just say, well, I'm not going to qualify for this? Or could, could <laughs> yeah, you answer that? Because I know some women are going to think that. Some women veterans, they're, they're just still going to be unsure. It is, uh, eligibility can be a little confusing, right? So post 9-11 GI Bill, you have to have served after 9-11 and have to meet certain eligibility requirements in terms of how long you served and so forth. Um, and other programs like the Home Loan Guarantee Program, not as restrictive in eligibility. So it's really variable by type of program. I want to emphasize that any veteran, male or female, who experienced military sexual trauma, which is either sexual assault or harassment during military service, can get free care for conditions related to MST, regardless of other eligibility. So do reach out if you are in need on that front, and we will find a way to assist. Um, If you want to learn more about what VA benefits you may be eligible for, Explore VA. You can just Google Explore VA or type in explore.va.gov. And they have some, it's a really user-friendly and easy-to-navigate website that talks more about um, different types of benefits and care that veterans may be eligible for and kind of walks you through the eligibility. And one more thing for women specifically We have a Women Veterans Call Center that is staffed exclusively by women, and you can just call 855-VA-WOMEN, and the the folks who answer the phone will be able to help connect you with whatever you may need and help you navigate the system. That is good. So explore.va.gov and then the call Mm -hmm. center to get on there. 855-VA-WOMEN. Absolutely. Okay. 
You know, the thing that I find very interesting is that I see VA reaching out more into the community to create partnerships so that mm -hmm. it is not simply a central VA um, system, but really right. putting out tentacles into the communities to create the cultural transformation I mentioned just earlier. Can you talk about some of the partnerships that you're seeing and, and the directions you feel VA is going? We have about a little less than three minutes left. Okay. Um, <laughs> big topic. You do <laughs> now, a oh, I'm sorry. Show I, on I was just told but, two minutes, but, <laughs> but, but quickly, um, you're right. totally right, and I think it's for a few reasons. One is that there is what's been called a sea of goodwill. Communities see uh, what veterans have done for our country and uh, want to find a way to show their appreciation, and we want to find ways for communities to do that. So we want to partner with organizations and individuals that want to serve veterans. And also, there are some veterans that we can't serve in some situations. So, for example, those with um, a dishonorable discharge may not qualify for a lot of VA services or care, but there may be community organizations that can step up and provide care services that we can't. So those partnerships, as you say, are absolutely vital, and there are so many depending on, on where you live and what your needs may be. Uh, I mentioned, too, that my office is involved in, one with Lean In and one with Academy Women. These are great organizations that are dedicated to helping women veterans navigate the transition and succeed and thrive in their post-military careers. But there are a lot of different partnerships, and um, and if you um, are interested in starting one yourself, you know, come in and talk to your local VA. Um, there's a voluntary services office in every VA medical center where you can volunteer at the one-on-one -on -one level, and that's a great way to participate in your local VA as well. Kayla, thank you so much for sharing all of these different shifts, all in a positive direction that VA is offering, and your continuing service is obviously making a difference in passing this message along. Thank you for being with us yes. today and sharing your expertise. Thank you so much once again for having me, and I genuinely hope we can do it again. We can. We're Military Network Radio, and we'll talk to you next week. Make it a great one. Thank you for tuning in today to Military Network Radio. You can find our show at our website, www.toginet.com forward slash Military Network Radio. Also, www.militarynetworkradio.com. And in iTunes under Military Network Radio. Join us next week when we bring you another program to enhance your